Hi everyone and thank you so much for tuning into Grow With Grief, a podcast that aims to make the uncomfortable comfortable and open up the conversations around grief and loss. My name is Katrina and together we will be hearing different stories from different people, how grief has impacted their life and what they've learned from it. And together we will create a community that normalizes the conversations around grief and loss. So I've been really excited about sharing this episode with you guys because you're going to be hearing a very raw and honest conversation between a father and a daughter because today I'm actually going to be talking to my very own dad. Now also nicknamed as the prof by those who know him, my dad worked for many years as a Baptist minister. Following this, he came to be a globally known and respected professor and author within racial justice, peace and interfaith matters. In our conversation, we talk about what it was like for him to lose his wife, but also what it was like for him to become a solo parent overnight and to have to continue being a father to three very different grieving children. What it was like for him to provide love for the three of us during this hard time, but also the unexpected light that can sometimes be found within the darkness. Can't wait for you to hear it, guys. Enjoy. Hello, um, and welcome on to the podcast. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and talking. If you could just basically, to start with, give a bit of a background as to your experience with grief okay well i guess, i mean i guess there are lots of different aspects to it uh different times in life as well um so there's some very personal aspects and then there are some aspects that i've experienced in in maybe other ways um i guess i mean the most significant aspect of grief uh for me was the loss of my wife um and that's the most personal and uh sharpest form um but i have also lost both my parents um and also lost uh, a newborn grandchild um but i also have other experience too which may be um because in my early professional life i was uh, a clergy person um I had quite a lot to do with other people's grief in the way that perhaps not the run of the mill person has. Um, So I had a lot more to do with death and with grief and with loss uh, through my work and through my being with other people in that role, um, which maybe, as I say, isn't so present or common certainly in our kind of society um uh, for a lot of other people so can you just talk through a little bit about losing mom and and what that was like for you on whilst while she was ill and Mm. afterwards as well because i know that you know we speak about it often and we speak about her often but I think you know you you were grieving as a husband and you were grieving as a father and it's like a whole it's it's very different I think yeah (laughs) it would be good to hear your yeah and there are aspects of it which kind of remain and are very personal and in one sense almost incapable of being articulated fully um but yeah i mean i think for me um because uh greta was ill for a long time before she died and because certainly i was very much aware Um, of the likely outcome of that illness um, from an earlier point. Uh, To some extent, um, I think I did quite a lot of my internal grieving um, on that road. (laughs) Um, So, and this is one of the things I would say about grief in general, and I would say about it also from my experience of having worked as a minister with people with grief and my personal experience is that no two experiences 
are ever the same. That's the first lesson, the most important thing to know about it, because um, you can't simply say, oh, well, I've had grief, or she's had grief, or he, and it must be like that. No, it isn't. Every, every single experience may have commonalities with others, but it's different. So I have no idea what it would be like to lose somebody suddenly out of the blue um, with no warning and from one moment to the next they're not there you know what is that like what kind of grief must that be it's a different experience there'll be things that are similar but it's a different thing so for me it was a process um, that I started in myself before having actually lost the person um in some ways i think that for me helped me in the actual loss um because it meant that and helped me to deal with the rest of life and cope with other people's grief especially uh, that of my children um because in a sense i'd had uh, it sounds a strange word but that opportunity to deal with some of it in myself over a longer period of time because had i just been dealing with that um at the same time as being aware of it in others close to me i think it would have been much much harder for me <laughs> to deal with my own thing because i would have wanted to um yeah i guess try to put others first <laughs> so the fact that i'd had that that internal working on it um over a period of some months um yeah that helped but like i say this is where you know everybody's experience um is different yeah and what was it like for you as a father seeing your children grieve and is there anything that you can maybe advise to people who who are in a similar position mm -hmm. on on what that was like well i mean it's pretty awful because your first um instinct as a parent is to want to um protect children from things that are hurtful and painful <laughs> but you know you can't and also you know in a way that you shouldn't because you know that they too have to come eventually to terms with uh, what you yourself know <laughs> from a different perspective and a different experience. So um, what's really, really hard is to strike the balance between um, a concern that is right and a concern that they should know your concern and being interfering in somebody else's space and somebody else's very personal experience and trying to take it off them and all that kind of thing so it's 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 a very hard juggling act um, in a way um and knowing that as in everything else as in everything else uh with children <laughs> uh they're all different you know they're not children they're not a clump <laughs> of in our case three um they're three individuals which who each experience these things deal with these things not just because they're in different ages or different genders, but in any case, it impacts differently. And they have different speeds at working at them, different things like that. So remembering, in a way, the, the individuality of each person, it comes back again to that basic thing. Uh, there is no one thing that is grief. You can have touch points um but they are only touch points they're not your experience um and but sometimes it's, it is really really hard and when uh when people 
obviously in emotional pain you want to try to be what you can for them but also you also know you can't be the person that's no longer there <laughs> and you know that um, you can't step into that space you have to just be whoever you are and do your best that you can i mean i know that in our situation we all all definitely responded differently and i think mm. we still do respond differently yeah. um, but to talk about like my personal experience with grief and how i handled that you know i'm very open now that for the first few years i probably didn't really accept it and mm. following those first few years i then was filled with a lot of anger um mm. and that impacted my own mental health and i guess one of the questions that i probably always wanted to ask you <laughs> oh dear. That <laughs> is that did my grief impact your grief in any way the way that i dealt with my grief was very harmful and wasn't helpful to i think not just to me but to anybody and did my grief have an impact on how you were able to process your own grief mm. Um, that's a good question. Um, in general, I think not in relation to my grief, <laughs> but in more general terms, it was uh, uh, very difficult and sometimes very painful because um, uh, I might feel to be the target of something that I know that I'm not really the target for, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and sort of, yeah, swallowing that and trying to stay stable, um, around it is difficult. Um, uh, there was one point where, the grief or the reaction to grief um, made my grief difficult and that was very soon after uh, the funeral in Germany uh, when we came back and you had a very strong outburst of of anger and distress and that was really really difficult to cope with when he left the house um, as soon as we got back. Um, I think that was probably the only point, though, at which in relation to my own, because it was still, in that sense, uh, having been at a uh, funeral event, it was still very um, present and raw for me um, at that point to deal with that in and from you was very, very hard. Um, but I think that, I think I can say probably that was the only time in terms of grief, in terms of being a parent and uh, how you deal with, um, you know, getting calls that your daughter is in hospital um, and out of the blue and um, how you even can, leave home when your daughter is there and you know she's hurting um how you can do that and still carry on trying to live as far as possible normally without um becoming a prisoner yourself mm. <laughs> and you know all of that yes <laughs> but i don't think that's to do, that wasn't to do with grief that was to do with um how it is yeah being a parent or yeah or not if you're if not a parent how somebody else that has a, a close relationship with somebody not specific to do with um 
my grief I think yeah yeah and I mean I think when when you're going through a big pain like that when you're feeling that much pain it doesn't really matter what anybody around you says it won't take that pain from you and as a daughter I can say that the way that you were always there and the way that you always responded to me and to my actions I never felt like you were trying to take it away either which was a good Mm -hmm. thing because I needed to feel those things and it was almost it's whenever I felt as if somebody was trying to take that pain away from me and almost in, mm. it almost made it feel like it was trying to be invalidated, mm. which just made me feel worse. And mm. like, I can say whilst at the time, maybe I did feel anger and I did want you to take it away at that time, whilst I was within it, I wanted you to take it mm. away. Mm. Now I can look back and see that it was the best thing for me that you were just there and you just let me feel those things and Mm. without judgment and sometimes maybe with a stern word but not with judgment (laughs) and always with love and that has probably been the biggest thing that has helped me through my grief um and acceptance uh, very kind of you and humbling to hear if that's the case but um i mean i think some of it uh, was, I mean, I did learn, you know, it's, of course it's not the same um, when it's not touching you directly and personally, but I did learn a lot through being, uh, through being a minister, through, um, you know, I remember the first time I sat with somebody um, where words were just not, um, well, they just were not needed or would have been totally inappropriate. And just learn to sit with somebody for an hour without saying anything, just holding their hand. And those kind of um, experiences, I think, um, yeah, uh, I mean, that was, in a sense, a ridiculously young man to be... uh, a minister trying to help or be alongside, be alongside really, because help is probably the wrong word. Um, people, you know, in my early twenties. Um, so those things I think really did help me actually those other experiences. And that's where I think, yes, there isn't anything the same except, you know, your own thing is your own thing. It's, it's distinctive, it's individual, but it is possible to, um, <clears throat> kind of create bridges I think between different parts of experience also for people who had no experience of grief in the sense of um, bereavement of a loved one because people have grief and loss in other ways now of course when somebody has died there is a finality to it that is different (laughs) Um, but lots of people have other experiences of loss and and how you in in your life maybe deal with those learn to deal with those can also help um, in how you deal with loss and grief in um, in somebody's death so breaking up a serious relationship involves and I actually now that reminds me, uh, because I was divorced um, and, and married again uh, with your mum, uh, one of the things, the experience of grief, <laughs> rem- of bereavement reminded me of was um, the kind of loss, stroke, grief uh, that one experiences, you know, who's ever quotes unquote fault or decision or whatever in the breakup of relationship um and yeah that was my nearest experience to it um prior to losing your mother 
put, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> you've kind of answered what my next question was going to be about <laughs> what your expectation or understanding of grief and loss was prior to you experiencing it because you were exposed to so many of the people mm. um, yeah. experiencing it. Do you think it almost gave you, grief can be scary when you've never been exposed to it before. Yes. It can be very mm. scary. Do you think that those experiences gave you almost I mean I know that an element of it is your faith as mm. well but yeah it almost gave you a sense of peace when it came to the grief um I think uh, sometimes uh, other kinds of experience can give you a kind of a road map mm. of the elements of what's likely to happen it doesn't mean that it will happen for the if, and you know there are people who also do studies on this in terms of different stages of grief and uh, um, and you know one can intellectually know this and I think it does help to intellectually know some of those things even if you even if it's different when you experience it because it is then it's not like a a total surprise or you don't think that your important individuality of experience means that you are the only one. <laughs> You know, it, it is that your experience is personal to you, but others have walked this path, and um, and you can learn from them and their experience and these roadmaps in the same way as you can with everything else in life. Um, so I think, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, you mentioned at the start that you, you know, you've experienced grief and loss in many different ways, obviously through, through my mum, your wife, through your own parents, and then also through my nephew, your grandson. So how have all of these bereavements impacted your life? Um... I think um, they remind you <clears throat> of what uh, is really important, which in a lot of everyday life, um, it's easy to lose sight of, <laughs> you know. Um, I think it's both with good things and bad things. The poet T.S. Eliot says, humankind cannot bear too much reality. And um, I think one of the things when you, um, around bereavement is that it um, sharpens and intensifies things, um, including your awareness uh, of the important things, the things that uh, make the rest of the things in life uh, valuable and meaningful and of worth. Um, so to that extent, um, it's not something that you uh, kind of want to go through in order to, and you certainly don't want somebody else to have to pay that for you in order to discover good things. But actually, it is part of the truth of it um, that you, I think, can. I mean, the other thing is that when you're very close with somebody, and this is a strange aspect that I probably don't talk with, haven't talked with many people about. Um, in losing your mother because it can be very easy to misunderstand but um, especially when you've been with somebody very close and so you only think of yourself as a we or perhaps not only but you think of yourself primarily as a we and then you realize you have to think of yourself as an I it's both a bit scary, but it can. It is also um, 
there's something can be positive in that that you can discover and learn um and um yeah yeah and i mean in other ways it's brought beautiful things into your life i know that um it's we, we lost matty but we have lily and you've got a lovely mm. beautiful granddaughter who is exceeded everyone's expectations and is just wonderful but you've also got marie my stepmom and mm. your now wife as well and it's it's something that i know that at the start um, i think it's important to touch on at the start i did not i really really found it hard to accept mm. that you had mm. met somebody else um mm. but it's also brought something beautiful into all of our lives i think because mm. marie is like a best friend to me and i know that actually for you she's exactly what you needed in your life then mm. and right now so if you're happy to would you be happy to share how that relationship developed and how it helped you yeah um i mean i think <laughs> uh the first thing to say is uh, probably it's a surprise so and this is again you know things um in the sense that it develops in the period of grief and still relatively raw grief so um but i think this is again something uh, um yeah things can be surprising and i guess one of the uh important things is not to shut yourself off from the surprising <laughs> um which it, which in a way you could do because of um uh convention or expectation um on the part of others so oh you know why are you getting together with so someone so first you know or anxiety biased about in in our case one's children and um what they will think or how they will experience it um but i think um yeah being able to uh trust in something where you feel the goodness and rightness of it um and trust in that not just for yourself but also ultimately for for others um and so i guess in a way that's that's uh that's what i was doing <laughs> and it was because um you know marie and i um And it goes back to this thing I was saying about um, about what's really important in life. Um, somehow we touched in a way because we've known each other for years, but somehow we touched in a way that was, I think, um, deep, profoundly deep, so about what really matters in life and what doesn't. Um, and that gave me the confidence uh in a way to um go with this surprise <laughs> um because that might not have been the case um it might not have happened like that but it did happen like that and because it happened like that i was able to in that sense i say trust in it not only for me but also uh for you and for others as well as hopefully for her so yeah and I know that she's, I think it can be a quite scary concept if you've lost somebody that you've loved. You can feel a lot of guilt sometimes. 
I know personally from myself and conversations I've had with others that whether it be, you know, a partner, a friend, a parent, Mm -hmm. whoever it may be, that you can feel guilt if you allow yourself to feel those happy feelings during the time when most people would be expecting you to be feeling a different way when when it's quite Mm -hmm. raw and people expect you to be upset and crying and and feeling that pain there can be a lot of guilt that comes with allowing yourself to feel those happy moments and it doesn't mean that you're not grieving or you don't miss that person no no no, but that, that again is this the basic rule, you know, there is no rule. <laughs> That's the basic rule. Um, and again, in that sense, being ready to go with it. So there were a lot of times um, when I was first together with Marie where I would cry a lot. Um, and, you know, really to have somebody who can accept that also. <laughs> Um, it's not a, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, you know, um, but important, you know, um, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, it was alongside other good things. So it's like, it wasn't like the only thing that consumed everything. (laughs) It was a normal thing. It was normal that I should have done at the time, I think. And um, and it's one of those things again with with grief generally, um, you know, kind of uh, even ten years on, it can still um, surprise you. <laughs> and I'm using the word surprise here in a neutral way. That's to say, it can catch you left field. Um, so it doesn't happen very often today, in honesty, in the way that it, it did happen more often. But on occasion, I can be watching something on television and something will just catch me and I can feel a tear rolling down my face and I know where it comes from. <laughs> but so, you know, and so that's still, you know, I think it can always catch you unawares. And the important thing is, yeah, to know that and... Uh, not to try and protect yourself or others against that. Um, but when it happens, it happens. And it's part of, you know, it's part of the thing. It isn't there as often as it was. That doesn't mean to say that you uh, care any less than you did do. It just means that your processing of things, your reaction to things, your um, what triggers things is becomes different um, in a different perspective. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think it's so important to note that you've got to let yourself feel those things. I, I only last week I started crying at a McDonald's advert because it included yeah. a mum being told that you know her daughter was getting married and then having a baby. Yeah. And made me realize that that's something I won't have and yeah then you know I could have watched it next week and it not bothered me at all um yeah yeah so it can get you off guard for sure um so I know for you as I've already said a lot I know that for you faith is a big thing you know you were a minister and how did your I know that this won't be the case for everybody but how did your faith help you through every experience of grief that you have had in your life? Yeah. Um, and were there challenges as well that came with that? Hmm. Um, first of all, I think I, there's a kind of preliminary to this, which is that. Um, uh, one can, I think, inherit a kind of a conventional faith or what I would call um, sometimes also a child's faith. Um, in the Christian faith, it's sometimes talked about childlike as a good thing. Um, 
And a child's faith as a child is a good thing. But when one grows, one has to grow with it. And sometimes people get stuck with something that they inherited and they haven't made it their own. So through various things in my life, um, and for me, because of the kind of person I am and the kind of work I ended up doing after I was a minister and so on, it, the kind of intellectual wrestling with many things, but it, it isn't just at a head level. Um, that intellectual wrestling about the meaning of life, about um, all those kind of questions was not just oh, that's a nice game to play because it's an intellectual game. I mean, it was had a real stake in it. So, um, so the kind of faith that I had um, by the time I was dealing with some of these things was one that had already been working through lots of questions and issues for myself and had arrived not at final points but at a uh, kind of uh, sense of certainty about very few things but being even more certain about those very few things so um, I used to talk about it as believing more and more in less and less so the stuff that goes all around uh, conventional religion and so on, I can sit very light to, sometimes probably too light to it, because there's a purpose and a point to some of those things um, that is good for us to have traditions and to connect into regular practices and things like that. But fundamentally, in the end, that's not that they're there to support something else. And that something else is, um, at least in Christian understanding, the words faith, hope, and love, and whatever those things mean. And um, so for me, that's, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about how anything to do with um, my faith um, uh, was part of the process of uh, of loss of grieving and bereavement and dealing with those things so um so at one level i can say that you know it wasn't uh, i i don't think i had a big um why has this happened to her or why has this happened to me or why in the sense of the kind of questions I know people can have and I understand why um, um, so those were not things that provoked in me if you like by the experience rather what was provoked in me was the opposite in a way um, a deepening and a strengthening of those um, more and more about less and less <laughs> you know that actually uh, yeah, faith hope and love as expressed through how your mum herself went into death and um, how that opened up for me uh, something that I could almost feel I could touch um, for its reality. Um, it's like, I think sometimes around bereavement, it's like um, if there is another dimension to experience, whatever you want to call it, um, that is not or is beyond or within or however modern language you want to use the the day-to-day -day stuff that we can so easily see um, it is that sometimes that wall that becomes very very thin at these times um, uh, such that it is you can almost feel you can almost reach over it and um, 
yeah so and i think you know that doesn't last forever i think that's a certain because you know um the the other things in life the normalities and so on all come back into play but once you've once you've um touched those things you don't forget them <laughs> they don't leave you um and they mean i think um that so for example when my parents uh, were dying i think um obviously that's different in lots of different ways <clears throat> um not least because in the case of my parents they were both you know they in a sense it doesn't make it less but they had many years in life you know they'd had a good lifespan um so but yeah it helps you kind of also i think when you when you touch something closely once or twice when you need to touch closely again um so these things are not to do with you know um i mean i could never take the approach oh well you know um i mean people for example prayed and um i think those prayers were sincere and were real and i would say i think both your mother and i actually again almost could touch those but the fact that she didn't get better i don't see as something that invalidates that though again i can know and understand why you know for some people you know why why isn't god listening or why you know and those are real questions and they're questions that you find in terms of faith um in the bible itself in the psalms people crying out from their hearts those questions and you know um i might have i might have cried out those questions um but it wasn't like that for me so it it wasn't like that for me it was a different it was um i'd say very much that strong sense of yeah being able to touch something uh very real and substantial somewhere in this whole difficult and confusing and painful um experience for me and obviously painful i mean in the more literal sense um also for um for your mother so yes i mean that 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 aspect of things is really hard of course um and but i don't think i mean for me faith is not a magical thing that makes difficult things go away um it's it's substance or its test is if it's if it's there and for me again i guess i'd use that word i used it a bit earlier about people who've done studies into bereavement i think it's like a road map it's you know you can get there um whether you have a, a religious explicit religious faith or tradition or um holy book or whatever it is um it's like when you go out walking in the peak district here in, in derbyshire you know you might find your way on your own without having a map with you um having a map with you is a big help um it doesn't mean that actually you don't still have to recognize you need to turn right or left um and it doesn't mean that you won't get cramp on the way and it doesn't mean that you might not be glad to have a pint of beer when you've reached the end of it because you're really really thirsty um it doesn't mean you might not fall over and hurt yourself sprain your ankle or whatever um but um 
to some extent, the kind of the more, if you like, traditional aspects of uh, religious faith are like, for me, are like a map, like a road map. And they help you to make sense of things by putting it, putting them within a certain framework. But I think for me, that on its own wouldn't be, you know, if I didn't think I was touching something real around what really matters and what's really important, faith, hope and love, then the map wouldn't be much value. Yeah. Yeah, I think you made lots of interesting points there. And I know that for a lot of people, maybe, you know, that is just something that, you know, religion, faith, whatever it is, that's something that they, not everybody sees eye to eye on. I know for a long time, you know, I attended church until pretty much mum passed away. And then after mum passed away, I stopped. And I had a lot of those questions myself. I had a lot of that anger. Mm. I was one of those people that was thinking, you know, people yeah. here praying. Why did, why did nothing change? Why yes. did she have to die? And for mum and for, you know, grandma, grandpa, faith was a massive part of their life it was part of who they were Mm. and Mm. it can be hard to understand but what I've come to realize is that and I think this is the case regardless of whether you have that belief or those beliefs or whatever it is that you believe that you're you can't always have all the answers and Mm. it's finding that love and that hope within everything else that can help you move through it without those answers um yeah thank you for sharing that so if you could say anything to someone who is grieving right now or somebody who knows someone is grieving who's grieving and um, what would that be what would your piece of advice be looking back on what you have experienced and witnessed yourself I think there are probably just two things. I'm not sure it's advice, but it's sharing. Um, one is don't let anybody else tell you how you should feel or be. Um, only you really know that. But don't think that you are the only person. And you can reach out and touch other people, even people who haven't had death bereavement have often in their lives had other loss and grief and maybe you'd be surprised that who can help (laughs) it's not just the person who's had the same kind of life bereavement and and then the other thing really is i guess what i what what i was saying that through it you can um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to. Use, it's it's very easy to get misunderstood uh, when you use words like this because it makes it sound superficial and um, uh, um, knowing what somebody who's close to you has gone through as closely as you can, you know that it's not superficial. Um, but uh, there is there can be a gift that you can take from it. And that is what knowing, knowing in a different way, what's really important. And that doesn't mean that you have to kind of, everybody else who's around is kind of shallow and doesn't, it doesn't mean that, but it means that because of this experience, you can, you, you can know that. And, um, yeah, hopefully you can draw on that um, in the ordinary things in life a little bit. Um, and um, yeah. yeah. So. yeah, lovely bits of advice. And yeah. I think a lot of the things, the bits of advice that you gave, or not advice, but words of thought, 
don't want to say wisdom, words of thought <laughs> <laughs> that you've given are things that I can definitely reflect that you let me see and allowed me to see um, over the last 10 years. So I want to end it by saying thank you for always being a person that will speak openly about these things with me and that we've got this relationship where we're able to discuss these things you know privately and openly and publicly and that you're willing to be so open and honest about your experiences i know that talking to your daughter about feeling your feelings might not always be comfortable but i love that we're able to do that and actually i think through the loss of mom that is something that we've been able to do that's a gift that we've mm. been able to take from it because i don't think it's something that if mom was here we we would probably do as much um mm. and that's not a negative thing that's just i think you know a daughter and a mother probably have those heart to hearts more than a daughter and a father usually do so i like that we and I appreciate and I'm grateful that we're able to have this relationship now. And for me, that is a gift that I have gained from the loss of mum. So I just want to say thank you for that. Well, thank you. That's, that's kind. Thank you. But thank you for coming on. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners do too. So I hope okay. that you enjoy the rest of your day in the UK. Um, and yes, thank you. Okay. Goodbye to down there. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to today's episode, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. I invite you to also come and be a part of the community by connecting with us on Instagram at Grow With Grief. Before we go, I want to take the time to thank you. Thank you for tuning in and being part of a community that opens conversation, raises awareness and brings individual perspectives and stories to the forefront of a topic that is often avoided and treated as uncomfortable. The conversations that we have may sometimes bring your own emotions, memories and triggers to the surface and I want to encourage you to know that you are not alone. If you or anyone you care for is in need of support, please reach out to your local support line or if you are in Australia, you can contact Griefline by phone on 1300 845 745 who are available from midday to 3am every day.